Welcome aboard on Consider Everything. I'm your host, Brig Haynes, and let's go explore today to improve our mental health tomorrow. Welcome to the research episode, where we familiarize ourselves with both the topic and the guests for this month. This month's topic is all about learning how much control do we really have in improving our own mental health. What aspects of everyday life can be changed to improve our mental health on our own? And how big of a role does therapy play in the progress of someone's mental health? These are all great questions that we're going to be asking my guest, Darren Elkins, the Clinical Operations Director for Bloomquist Hale. Bloomquist Hale is a company that offers confidential therapy for free to employees of different companies around the U.S. Their goal is to provide proven, lasting solutions to people struggling with the issues that are associated with life. By doing this, they not only help the employee, but also they help the employers. And how do they do this? Well, by helping the employee focus less on outside crises or outside situations, the more effective they are going to be in the workplace. And by doing this, they not only help the employee, but also help the employer to improve their company and to also improve the life of the employee. When a company hires Bloomquist Hale to help their employees, they are able to offer free therapy to their employees by paying for the services of Bloomquist Hale. Darren Elkins received a master's degree in marriage and family therapy from Utah State University and also received two bachelor's degrees, one in psychology and the other in family and human development. He has been on the podcast Managing Stress as a First Responder, a podcast that provides support for those that matter most in our countries, our first responders. But before we talk to our guest, we should familiarize ourselves a little bit on the questions we're going to be asking later. So my friends, the big question. Do we have the ability to improve our mental health on our own? Ever heard of neuroplasticity? I didn't either. But then I did a little research. Neuroplasticity is the nervous system's ability to change its neural networks in order to better suit the environment or circumstances it is currently involved in. And this can be really good or really bad. This means that it has the ability to either change in good environments or really bad ones. If you are surrounded by an environment that invokes changes that aren't healthy, whether self-inflicted or not, your nervous system will change to best suit the circumstance that it's in, whether good or not. And this is why it is so hard to kick an old habit that is not wanted. The longer you put your nervous system into an environment, the stronger the connections get to suit that environment. But because it has the ability to change and doesn't have an unchangeable structure, it also has the ability to change whenever its environment is changed or circumstances force it to change. In a study done on patients with strokes that were afflicted with non-use of an extremity, they found that in order to bring function back to that extremity, they had to force the brain to focus most of its energy on the damaged part of the brain and to decrease the activity in the undamaged part of the brain. By doing this, they found that neurons that were still healthy in the damaged part of the brain were forced to be activated due to the decrease of activity in the other parts of the brain that don't help with the motor function of the paralyzed extremity. And the more practice and time the patient did with being forced to use their damaged part of the brain, the stronger the connection became and motor function began to come back in the paralyzed extremities. The same group of scientists did the same experiment but with sight. In this experiment, the scientists gathered people that had very good eyesight. And the first step that they did is they had these people perform activities that would activate all parts of their brain. And then they would do an MRI scan to see what their brain looked like when all of their parts of their brains were activated. Then they did this exact same thing, but then they had them do it blindfolded. And what they found is over time, as these subjects were doing the activities while they were blindfolded, the area of the brain where eyesight is seen in an MRI scan slowly started to decrease. And on the flip side of this, the scientists found that the other senses that we have, hearing, taste, touch, and smell, really started to increase on the MRI scans. 
And they also found as these areas of the brain that were activated to compensate for the loss of sight, these subjects were also performing better within those activities they were having them do. The scientists in this experiment concluded that your brain is malleable. And it's able to adapt to certain situations or even compensate to perform like it did in a previous situation. And here's another big question. Can this same idea or philosophy be applied to helping us improve our own mental health? Do we have the ability to improve our mental health by changing our environments to better suit what we need in our lives? In a study done on patients who are struggling with various levels of mental illness, they were split into three groups without knowing. The first group was a group that would receive medication catered to their certain illness. The second group was a group that would only receive behavioral therapy. And the third group received a placebo medication that they were led to believe worked for curing their mental illness. And for 16 weeks, those taking medication, whether placebo or not, were taking the recommended amount of their medication. And those that were receiving behavioral therapy went to sessions every day. And throughout the 16 weeks, the subjects were asked to fill out questionnaires and evaluations. And after those 16 weeks, 56% of those people taking non-placebo medication experienced remission in their mental health. 46% of those that were in the group of behavioral therapy found 46% remission. And 25% of those taking the placebo medication found remission. Obviously, one study isn't enough to determine if medication or therapy is the best route. And with this study, the flaw that stood out to me was that they performed the study only for 16 weeks. And first looking at it, four months seems like a long experiment. But with something that is so permanent like our mental health, is four months really enough to say that one solution is working better than the other? To help us better clarify these ideas or these questions that we have, I'm going to list out the questions that we're going to be asking Darren in our next episode. And here are the list of questions we'll be asking Darren on the next episode. The first one is this. What is Bloomquist Hale's opinion on medication to cure mental illness? The next question is, with regarding neuroplasticity, if our brains have the incredible ability to change themselves and to, to adapt to different environments, why is medication an option if our brains have this incredible ability? How valid or solid do you think the requirements are in the DSM-5 for diagnosing your mental disorder? In your own professional opinion, when somebody walks into your office to get help, does it really matter to know what disorder they have, or is there a general outline of possible solutions that you use no matter what illness they have? Instead of looking for help on the internet for help and getting more lost in the end, where can somebody go to get concrete, solidified advice? In your own personal experience and working with clients, is medication or therapy the biggest game changer in someone's improvement of mental health? What percentage of your clients have experienced traumas in their life? Does more trauma mean a harder time recovering or improving your mental health? What practices or changes have you seen personally in your own practice that provide the biggest and most effective changes for somebody's mental health? Are there things or practices that society has created that make us more susceptible to a mental illness? What percentage of someone's mental health would you say is self-inflicted from bad habits? Can a lack in physical, social, emotional, or spiritual health increase the effect of a mental illness or lead someone to believe they may have a mental illness even though that may not be the case? And if so, how? What advice do you offer or implement for every client, no matter what circumstance they're in, that someone can start to apply today on their own to improve their mental health? All of my resources are linked in the description of this episode.